0: Anyway, good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas to you. I want to say something before I get into this message, and I believe this is a word of the Lord. I absolutely do. You know, from the outside, people who are not in church all the time or uh, haven't been raised in that way may look upon Christians and think, I could never achieve that type of perfection. Does that ring true with anybody? Do you want to know something? There is no perfection within a Christian. They are a person just like anyone else is. The difference is we have sunk our imperfections into the one who cleanses us and gives us his righteousness and that makes our hearts perfect before him. There is no other kind of perfection to be achieved but that your heart and your soul, your name is written in the book that is kept in heaven and records those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I do believe that's a word from the Lord. Yes. This morning, if you would turn, I'm going to read two passages of scripture, and I promise you I won't hold you long. Turn to Romans 5. We're going to read two passages. It can be hard for us sometimes as mortals as we are, to comprehend and fully understand some portions of the Christmas story, but not the birth of a baby, because we can all relate to that pretty well, because nothing brings such joy and happiness to a family as the birth of a new life does. But there is There are mysterious parts of the birth, and one of them is that we cannot forget, as Don was just saying, he preached half the message that I have right here, and I'm not kidding you, that Jesus was, he existed in all of his kingly status. He was God before he was a baby in the manger and we cannot forget that. Before he came to earth and he was sent to earth by the heavenly father. He left those splendors as Don just said that he enjoyed in heaven and when he left He also left the comfort of his father's bosom that the Bible says he dwelled in. And that's when he lowered himself to become that baby that came to us. And that separation from the father and the son physically occurred for him to come. So what's the point that I'm making about this? that we don't forget heaven is a spiritual place and it will remain a spiritual place until, until at least a portion of it is sent to earth upon which we will dwell in it in that eternity that he was just talking about. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit knits things together it always amazes me and we must remember that the father is a spirit the son is a spirit the holy spirit is a spirit but jesus came in the flesh did he not he left that perfect splendid spirit world to enter this lesser physical world And the results were remarkable. And we're going to read about some of those results in Romans 5, 12 through 17, verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. I'm going to stop right there and say one more thing. You know that the Bible is split between the Old Testament And the New. And I've told you a half dozen times how much it thrills my soul when the New Testament refers back to, substantiates, and supports what was in the Old Testament. This is the Apostle Paul, many, many years later, talking about the first man, Adam, that was created. So that's the scenario. That we're talking about in verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone had sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given the law of Moses, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to be broken. Understood? Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come, verse 15. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, for all who will receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Verse 19 Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Amen? Can we just thank him for a minute for coming? Had he not come, there would be no way for us to become righteous with God. And now if you'll please turn to Isaiah 42. I'm going to read a few verses there and we will conclude. This is the passage I wanted to read last, Isaiah 42, because it tells us who the man was who came to us. This passage is called the servant song, and that's what I would call this message this morning, the servant song, and God himself is the speaker. Reading verse 1, chapter 42 of Isaiah Look at my servant. Now, I said God is the speaker, so remember who the people are here. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I've put my spirit upon him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. Did you know that was in the Bible? Well, it is. Verse 2, he will not shout or raise his voice in public. Jesus can operate in silence and be heard. Isn't that amazing? He will not crush the weakest reed nor put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. I want to read some commentary and some of my own thoughts on these four verses before we go on and conclude. Though Israel and the Messiah are both often referred to as servants in the Bible. These same verses that we just read are also quoted in Matthew chapter 12, again, the new confirming the old, verses 18 through 21, and they specifically refer to Christ. The chosen servant reveals a character And that character is of gentleness and encouragement. He says the weakest reed he will not break. You maybe think you're hanging on by a thread, but he will not break you. And the slightest flickering candle he will not put out. Even when you feel broken and bruised or burned out in your spiritual life, Maybe you feel like your reed is weak and been broken or your candle has been extinguished. These words assure us that God will not step on us or toss us aside as useless, but he will gently pick us up. This is the one, the character of the one who came. And God's loving attributes are desperately needed in this world today. But only through God's spirit can we show such sensitivity to others, to people around us, when we have him reflecting out of us. We're going to read on the last few verses, verses 5 through 9. God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks on the earth. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people, Israel, as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations, and the nations, as we know, refers to those outside of Israel, the Gentile nations. And you will be open, so he names Israel, you will be sent to Israel, but you will minister to Jesus, he's saying, to the Gentile nations around them. And you will open the eyes of the blind, and you will free the captives from their prison, releasing those who sit. In dark dungeons I am the Lord that is my name and I will not give my glory to anyone else nor share my praise with carved idols everything I prophesied has come true and now I will prophesy again and I will tell you the future before it happens and the commentary on this, I would say that the Messiah, Jesus, would fulfill the task of showing himself to the world in righteousness and in hope and in light, first to the Jew and then to the nations or the Gentiles. So it is that through this man, the Christ who came, all people have the opportunity to share in his mission. Did he not tell us, go into all the world and preach the gospel? And God also calls us to be servants of his son, demonstrating God's righteousness and bringing his light. What a rare privilege it is that we've been called, that we've been tasked to assist the Messiah in fulfilling his mission. But first, we have to be full of his righteousness, full of his life, and know that our own souls are in his care before we can demonstrate his light to shine through us to others. I won't read them, but the next verses go on to proclaim a majestic song of praise to the Lord for the one who came. Audrey's going to come back, and we're going to lead the last song. If you'd stand with us in praise and worship, this song proclaims joy to the world because he came. Thank you, Audrey.
1: Turn to page 191, Joy to the World. ¡Chao!
0: Grace. Oh, we thank you, Father, during this beautiful, beautiful celebration time of the birth of the Jesus baby that came into this physical world, Lord. You had to come in the physical in order to deal with and be that sacrifice. For the spiritual man. Oh God, I pray that everyone here today and everyone that hears this message will secure their future world, their future life, their eternal life, Lord, in the spiritual realm with Jesus Christ. Because he came. Oh Lord, it's so, so easy. That we just assume that we're okay. But Lord, you called us to repent. You said, ask me for forgiveness. And I will cover your sin. And make you white as snow. Something that the law could not do. Oh, but your precious coming, Lord, enabled you to be that sacrifice that would pay that price upon that cross. In Calvary's hill, Lord, I pray for every single one here today, Lord, that the joy that you brought will ring true in their hearts, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength, O oh God, and that they would go from this place knowing without a doubt that you are their Savior as you came to the world to be. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.